You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for our final episode of the week. Today, we have our recap of the Wisconsin game dropping with Matt Vandenberg, most likely Sunday morning. So make sure to check that out. Our final regular season Monday morning recap with Matt Vandenberg. Today's show cover. I promised you we'd break down the bowl projections. And as of right now, it's looking pretty good for Iowa. So we're going to get into the bowl projections and what needs to happen for Iowa to potentially play Iowa State. We're also going to talk about the game tonight, Iowa versus Iowa State men's basketball. Talk a little bit about the keys to winning the Iowa-Wisconsin game and the gambling lines that. And that's how we're going to wrap up the show today. Before we get into that, Women's basketball absolutely crushed it, taking down Iowa State 82-80 behind a clutch three from player of the year candidate Caitlin Clark. She has been absolutely phenomenal. The women's basketball team takes on Michigan State Saturday morning at 12 p.m. Central Time. Make sure to check that game out. It'll likely be on Big Ten Network. I'm going to try to watch that game before I watch Iowa football. Should be a pretty good day for the Hawks. So, let's get into it though. Let's talk about that bull projection because I think that is a pretty exciting topic. And let's first touch on what Bleacher Report says. And I want, I want to be very clear here. When I was putting together my analysis, I actually didn't look at Bleacher Report first. I looked at, I just did basically my projections. Turns out I was pretty spot on. Here's what Bleacher Report actually projects for the bowl season as of right now. And again, we're, we're talking about Iowa potentially getting into a New Year's Six Bowl and also possibly playing Iowa State. So Bleacher Report obviously projects Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State to be in the college ball playoffs. And then as far as the bowl games go, I'm not too worried about what bowl specifically. The only one that really has a tie this year, a tie-in, is Miami versus Florida. Or sorry, excuse me. I should say the Orange Bowl, um, ACC versus SEC. Miami versus Florida is scheduled for that. We have USC versus Indiana, Cincinnati versus Georgia, and Iowa State versus AM. So how bowl season works, how the New Year's Six Bowls work, um, we obviously need to give one spot to the highest-ranked group of five team, which would be Cincinnati in this case. And then from there, it's basically, I mean, there's not a lot of tie-ins considering the Rose Bowl is not, uh, you know, actually a part of the New Year's six-day slate or part of the non-college ball slate, I should say. So that's not a big deal here. So basically it comes down to who are the top teams. And when we look at it, there's an easy, not an easy, but a, a way for Iowa to make it into one of those games. And then I think if they were able to squeeze into that top 12, I see no reason why the bowl committee would not give you Iowa versus Iowa State. What a matchup that would be. That would generate quite a bit of interest, I believe. And the reason why that's important is that Iowa really has no option of playing Iowa State in any of the other games. Their only tie-in with the Big 12 is the Cheez-It Bowl. And that's going to be typically reserved for a lower-level team. Iowa right now is actually being projected to the Outback Bowl. But again, let's talk about what needs to happen and where I obviously, what I think can happen and project out where Iowa is going to be at. So, first and foremost, what we want to happen, we want Miami to beat North Carolina this weekend. And the reason being is Miami's ranked ahead of Iowa. North Carolina is not. If North Carolina beats Miami, there's an opportunity there for North Carolina to jump Iowa or not jump enough and then be a lower ranked team behind Iowa that can still get in the bowl games. Remember, we want to get that top 12. So ideally, we want to get all of the top 12 teams into bowl games. And the ACC does have a slot with the Orange Bowl. So 
the next highest ranked team behind Notre Dame or Clemson is Miami or North Carolina. So we want Miami just to stay in that top 12. So we need them to beat North Carolina. We also want Iowa State to beat Oklahoma. Now, I know some of you might say, I don't want to see Iowa State win. However, we want Iowa State to beat Oklahoma, especially if you want to play Iowa State in a New Year's Six Bowl. But it's also important because Iowa State's ranked seventh right now. And why that's important is we obviously want to, if they beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma is going to drop out of that top 12. They're going to open up an opportunity for Iowa to squeeze in there. We also want Northwestern to lose to Illinois and Ohio State. Northwestern's above Iowa right now. We want to make sure there's no doubt that Northwestern does not get in above Iowa. Coastal Carolina, not as worried about this. I don't think they're going to make it regardless, but if they could lose to University of Louisiana Lafayette, I think that would be huge. And then lastly, Iowa needs to beat Wisconsin and Indiana. If Iowa beats Indiana, that gives both teams two losses. Iowa then jumps Indiana. Now we're looking at my projected rankings. If those things happen, is Bama 1, Notre Dame 2, Clemson 3. Obviously that game kind of matters to whoever beats, you know, whoever wins Notre Dame versus Clemson. Ohio State 4, AM 5, Iowa State 6, Cincinnati 7, Florida 8, Miami 9, Georgia 10, Iowa 11, USC 12. Again, in that scenario, I believe they paced, they put Iowa versus Iowa State in a New Year's Six Bowl. We would likely have, I'm just projecting this out, but it would be Miami versus Texas A&M in the Orange Bowl, a Sugar Bowl of Florida versus USC, Fiesta Bowl, Iowa versus Iowa State, and a Cotton Bowl, Cincinnati versus Georgia. How fun would that be to see Iowa take on Iowa State in a New Year's Six Bowl? I think it would be pretty darn incredible. That's just my opinion. Let's quickly switch gears, though, um, before we get into our first break of the show. I want to talk a little bit about the gambling lines coming into the matchup Iowa versus Wisconsin. It's been interesting. They've moved quite a bit. It started out at plus three Wisconsin, so minus three Iowa. Since then, it's swung five points. It's now at minus two Wisconsin or plus two Iowa. I actually just locked in at plus two and a half Iowa, and I also took Iowa money line as well. 60% of the bets are going on Wisconsin, and the over-under is 41 and a half. Now, if you listen to our crossover Thursday episode with Asher Lowe of Locked on Badgers, we both believe that this game could honestly be under 20 points scored total. The over-under of 41.5, I'm hammering that under. Look at the weather report. 33 degrees, possible snow, 15 mile an hour winds. That it just screams, run the freaking ball. These teams are going to be battling it out and running the ball hard. And I think Iowa's defense is ready to stop the promising but not yet Jonathan Taylor-esque running attack of Wisconsin. This game is going to be played 2.30 Central Time, Fox Sports 1. ESPN's matchup predictor actually has Wisconsin winning a 68.4% that Wisconsin wins this game. So it'll be interesting, but I do believe Iowa has a very good chance of winning this game, and it is going to be a very low-scoring game. We're going to hop into the keys to win this game, though. Coming up on segment number two, giving you a little bit more information as to how I believe this game will go, what my prediction ultimately is. I know we talked a little bit about it on the crossover episode with Asher yesterday, but we're going to go more in-depth on that. And then segment number three, we're going to wrap up with the Iowa versus Iowa State preview and giving you a little bit of information about that Northern Illinois game that no one's really looking at, but it is a game that Iowa men's basketball is playing, so I think it's important important to cover that. Before we get into any of that though, I do have a very important message for you because if you're anything like me, you're constantly on the go. You're always moving around. You're always doing something. I've been telling you, if you listen to the show this last couple of days, we've installed some appliances. I've had a pretty busy week of work. Sometimes I just want to sit on the couch, watch Iowa athletics and grab myself the only beer out there. And I, I believe me when I tell you this, the only beer out there that is made to chill. And that is Coors Light. 
Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And believe me, I would know. I live out here in Colorado, and there is nothing better than grabbing yourself an ice-cold, crisp, and refreshing Coors Light after a long day of work or a grueling workout, or just sitting there and wanting to relax and watching some football or basketball. Coors Light, though, is the one I choose, and I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's right, folks. Have it delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And as always, remember to celebrate responsibly. This message is brought to you by Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And if you haven't listened to our show before... If this is your first time here, I want to remind you that we have our Monday morning recap with Matt Vandenberg dropping every single, usually Sunday actually, recapping the previous football games. We'll have that dropping Sunday, recovering the Iowa-Wisconsin matchup. Hopefully a win we are covering. It is fantastic content. Matt does a phenomenal job of breaking down the game from a former player's aspect. Love having him on the show, and I hope you all have as well. So tune into that after the Iowa-Wisconsin game taking place tomorrow. But let's get into the keys to this game. It is a very big game. Iowa needs to win this game. If you recall, for Iowa to make a New Year's Six Bowl, they have to win this game. Not all is lost. I know it was tough watching Iowa lose to Purdue. I know it was tough watching Iowa lose Northwestern. And believe me, it is so tough looking at the game and thinking, man, had Iowa just won those two games, we wouldn't even be talking about the possibility of them not being in a New Year's Six Bowl. It would be Could they be a college football playoff team? Can they beat Ohio State? Thinking the what-ifs can kind of hurt you there, but... Regardless, Iowa's still in a good spot, and the fact that they've won five straight, they have an opportunity to take down Wisconsin is huge. A Wisconsin team that hasn't looked as good this year. Defensively, Wisconsin has been fantastic. They have honestly been better than they have in the past. Their passing defense and rushing defense is both top 10. However, look at the teams they have played. Wisconsin hasn't exactly played the world's toughest football schedule. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a a jerk way, but they have played Illinois, they have played Michigan, Northwestern, and Indiana. They lost to Indiana. They lost Northwestern. Michigan is a terrible team, and so so was Illinois at that time. Illinois wasn't ready for Wisconsin. Okay, let's let's just that was the first game of the season. They were not ready for Wisconsin, and we saw how Iowa handled Illinois once they got past those first two drives. So that's great and all, but they haven't really faced. An offensive test. Indiana, you could say, is a good offense, but they were without their, you know, a you know, dark horse Heisman candidate. If you listen to Big Ten Ben on Locked On Big Ten, you know that podcast. But Indiana was with their backup quarterback, and Wisconsin still allowed 14 points. They do, you know, they're not, they're still allowing some points. Not really the the best at you know stopping an Indiana Northwestern. Northwestern scoring 17, Indiana scoring 14. Um, from a yards perspective, though, Wisconsin has been doing phenomenal. And again, 14, 17 points. That's still really good. The high, the most points they allow this entire season is 17. So kudos to that Wisconsin defense. My point of telling you this is though, those offenses don't really scare me at this point. Especially in Michigan, Illinois early in the season doesn't scare me. Northwestern's offense, honestly. Iowa should have won that game. Indiana's offense without Michael Penix Jr. doesn't scare me. So I do think there are some opportunities. This defense is not as strong maybe as it looks. However, I don't want to take that lightly. They're still, regardless, probably a top 20 defense. So let's get into the keys of winning this game, though. Now that I've dissed on Wisconsin quite a bit and kind of been contradicting myself, basically my point of saying this is Wisconsin on paper looks fantastic. I think they're going to be a very good team, but they also haven't played an amazing schedule by any means. So our three keys to winning that game, stop, and 
I know people are going to say they play two ranked teams. I just don't love Northwestern. They're just a solid football team. Indiana, again, without Michael Penix Jr., not as great of a football program, which we're going to find out how well Iowa can do as long as Indiana can get their COVID issues under control. Iowa is going to be playing Indiana in that Big Ten East versus West showdown. So the three keys to winning this game, stop the run. Iowa last year ran a 4-4-3 to try to stop Jonathan Taylor. It did not work. This year, they don't have Jonathan Taylor. They also lost a couple offensive linemen. This is an opportunity for Iowa to finally stop Wisconsin's running game, and I do believe Graham Mertz has a bright future ahead of him. I think he is going to be a fantastic quarterback in the Big Ten. We saw what he could do against Illinois. However, that is not right now. He has shown a lot of struggles over the last couple weeks. I think you stop the run and force him to throw the ball. That is going to be huge. You stop the run, Wisconsin's offense becomes one-dimensional, and that definitely benefits Iowa. On the flip side, Wisconsin's going to be trying to do that to Iowa as well. They want to put the ball in Spencer Petras' hands. And can you really blame them? He just hasn't done that well this season. So it's the game plan for both teams. Key number two, win the field position battle. This is going to be about as big 10 of a game as you could possibly imagine. It is going to be a low scoring game and the field position battle is going to be ever more important because of that. That means Charlie Jones needs to be able to get seven to 10 yards, help that team out when Wisconsin is punting. Torrey Taylor, huge this year, this week. We need him big time. We need Terry Roberts big time. We need to pin Wisconsin back. You're going to see Kirk Ferentz. They're not going to gamble as much. They're going to be playing that field position battle, wanting to make sure that they can put Wisconsin backed up in their, you know, back up in their 20-yard line, whatever, and allowing them to stop their offense and hopefully getting the ball at the 50. So you have a short field position and then allowing your, you know, former All-American kicker Keith Duncan to kick in a field goal or two. Winning the field position battle is going to go a long ways, more so than any game this entire season, and winning this game. Key number three, and this might seem obvious, but no turnovers. I truly believe there's going to be a turnover that is going to be monumental in this game. I don't want to, I don't use that word lightly. Whoever turns the ball over is going to lose this game. I truly believe there's going to be one, you know, one or two turnovers. And it is going to be the difference in this game. And I and Asher even said it. He thinks there's going to be a defensive touchdown and that's going to win this game. And I, I don't disagree with him. I truly believe that could be the case. So that is going to be huge. No turnovers in this game, especially from Spencer Petras. He needs to protect the ball. He needs to realize we want to live to see another day. Do not give Wisconsin good field position, which goes back to key number two, winning the field position battle. So if Iowa stops the run, doesn't turn the ball over and wins the field position battle, Iowa will win this game. They will beat Wisconsin for the first time in quite a few years. And believe me, I will be pumped if that happens. That means what we talked about, the bull projections, Iowa is right in line to get there. Iowa just needs to take down Indiana. Indiana without Michael Penix Jr., which I do believe they match up well with, they can take down Indiana. They're looking at their a New Year's Six Bowl, which would be a fantastic ending to the season. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to finish up with some basketball talk, talking through the Iowa versus Iowa State game, and also a little bit about Northern Illinois. But honestly, who really cares? That Northern Illinois team is not a good program. We're going to quickly touch on that before we close out the show. And before we get into any of that, as you know, I always have some messages for you. And this one's coming from Built Go. Built Go is my go-to workout, my pre-workout gel, any single day that I need to work out because it is packed with everything I need to get me through that workout. Or if you don't work out a lot, maybe it's just trying to get you through a tough day. 
tough day mentally or physically, trying to break through that wall, Built Go is here for you every single day. It comes in one and a half ounce packages. It is the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural. So it's actually better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And it comes in three phenomenal flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and my personal favorite chocolate mint, which is my go-to each morning when I try to get a workout in. Built Go is loaded with the good stuff to ignite your work, beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. And it also has all the good nutrients to keep you going strong, B6 and B12. And not only does it keep you going well, it also makes you look better as well. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. What can possibly be wrong with this Built Go? Believe me, it is fantastic. It fuels all of my workouts, so you should let it fuel your workout as well. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, y'all, and if you want more Locked On podcast content, I highly recommend you checking out the Locked On NFL podcast. If you're looking for the best bets heading into Sunday's NFL action, listen to Locked On NFL. Every Friday, as your boy Q and Bo Brock are joined by a betting expert and analyst from the Action Network, get your full weekend preview and Sunday six-pack of winning bets every Friday on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast at. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Now let's get into our conversation, talking about Iowa versus Iowa State and what can happen happen in tonight's matchup. And Iowa State's not as strong of a team as they have been in the past. They've struggled a little bit. They're one and one. A surprising upset loss to South Dakota State 71 to 68 was not exactly ideal. They lost, you know, a first round pick in Tyrese Halliburton. That's a huge loss. They do return quite a few guys though. Rasier Bolton, Solomon Young, those are names to, you know, to be excited about with this Iowa State program. They also have two transfers, uh Jalen Coleman Land from DePaul, Javon Johnson from Troy. This is a team that, let's not overlook them. They are going to be a strong team, and you better believe they're going to come into that game fired up wanting to be Iowa. That being said, I want to quickly get the spoiler alert out of the way. Iowa's going to win this game. They are a better team, hands down. And where they have struggled at, I believe, is where Iowa State is not good at. And that is shooting the ball from behind the arc. When Iowa has lost games to teams that are not as good as them, look at DePaul last year. It is because that team got hot from behind the arc. Iowa State doesn't have a shooter like that. The only guy they have shooting decent, and he's actually doing pretty well, but is Tyler Harris shooting 38% from behind the arc six on six and a half attempts per game. So that is the one guy they got to watch out for. But again, this is not a team to be super concerned about. They don't have a lot of size. But they do force a lot of turnovers. That is actually going to be a big concern. We saw stretches of Iowa versus North Carolina where Iowa struggled with keeping the ball, keeping possession of the ball with them. We've also seen Joe Toussaint struggle at times with turnovers. Iowa State does do a great job of forcing turnovers. They're 14th in the nation in turnover percentage, or sorry, 14th in the nation in steal percentage, and 29th in the nation in turnover percentage. So they are a good team at forcing their turnovers. Where they get killed at, and we talk about the size, their starting lineup six foot three, five foot nine, six four, six six, six eight. Iowa has a size advantage at every single position except for that five nine player, or sorry, excuse me. No, they, yeah, they actually have, I'm looking at this, they have an advantage at every single position size-wise, and they do have the superior skill players to be able to handle that. When I say skill players, I mean the shooters and guards to be able to handle that size as well. Now, Iowa State, again, they struggle on the boards. They're 235th in defensive rebounding, 226th in offensive rebounding. 
Luca Garza has been a beast. Two years ago, he was averaging four or five boards per game. Against UNC, double digits easily. He was a monster at the boards. He wasn't getting his from a points perspective, but he was getting his from a rebounding perspective, extending possessions and ending possessions with his rebounding prowess. The fact that Iowa State struggles in both defensive and offensive rebounding is a great opportunity for Iowa to get their confidence up and continue to work on their defensive rebounding. That was a struggle point against North Carolina. North Carolina had extended possessions because Iowa couldn't box them out and get that board. I do believe this is a game for Iowa to get their confidence up in that in that spot. Now Iowa takes on Iowa State tonight, eight central time on Big Ten Network. Should be a blast. When you look at it from the Ken Palm perspective, Iowa State is 71st in Ken Palm. Ken Palm gives them a 17% chance at winning this game, predicting that score to be 85 to 75. And again, not a lot to say. Iowa State's only played two games. They had their other game canceled. They were supposed to play DePaul. That got canceled due to COVID issues. I Nothing has came out that this game is going to get canceled. So, should be fine. Should be a blast to watch. And it should be a pretty easy win for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And you better believe Jordan Bohannon is going to be lighting it up. That guy thrives in big-time moments. And he thrives against rivals like Iowa State. One other storyline to watch out for, though, is Xavier Foster. Seven-foot, 228-pound freshman. He was a guy that Iowa really wanted. We wanted him bad, and he chose Iowa State because of their penchants for getting guys to the NBA. People made fun of that decision because of where Iowa is now with their roster, but it does make sense. When you look at historically, Iowa State has done a much better job of sending guys to the NBA than Iowa has. Now, that being said, if I was Xavier Foster, I would have chosen to learn behind a guy like Luka Garza. I also feel like Fran McCaffrey's offense does a better job of really highlighting Xavier Foster's strengths. He's a big man that can step out and shoot the three. That is one of his big strengths. He hasn't played a lot since being with the Iowa State Cyclones. It'll be interesting to see how much Prom plays him in this game, considering that Iowa State has struggled this year so far, getting off to a one and one start. It'll be a lot of fun, though. Iowa should win this game. After they win this game, they also get Northern Illinois on Sunday evening. Northern Illinois, a very bad team. 286 in Kempom. They are 0-4 with losses to Illinois, Chicago, SIU, Edwardsville, Pitt, and Ball State. Kempom is predicting a pretty big blowout, 87-62. to And this is a game where Luka Garza is going to absolutely dominate. They only have three players over 6'7". One player is 6'9". That is the tallest guy on their team. A better opportunity for Luka Garza to get his again. Again, Northern Illinois rated 286 according to Kempom. Iowa is not the team that's going to lose such a ridiculously lopsided game like this. So I do expect Iowa to go 2-0 on this weekend, beating their rival Iowa State, beating Northern Illinois, so they can then prepare for the game against Gonzaga, which on that note... It is a bummer. Obviously, the pandemic is happening, and we cannot go watch an Iowa versus Gonzaga. That game is going to be absolutely electric. So much fun to watch on TV. I would love to be there. They have officially refunded all tickets, so no one is allowed in those stands, which which is unfortunate for those people who were able to get tickets. Um, I'm sure the families and whatnot wanting to go to that game, they're unable to go watch Iowa versus Gonzaga. Gonzaga is dealing with some COVID issues, though, so that is going to be something to watch. That would really suck to see Iowa schedule a game against number one Gonzaga. Really a true test to see where they are. How 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 understandable or likely is it for Iowa to compete for a national title? That's going to start with how well they compete against Gonzaga. Now, the North Carolina matchup, that was a big opportunity for Iowa to show people that they are on the map. But I do think North Carolina is a team that's going to continue to improve and be a much better team at the end of the season. Their potential is sky high. They have so many young guys, and that is a factor early on in the season where you're playing a veteran team like Iowa. So, unfortunate, you know, 
that it could come down to COVID canceling this game, but we're going to keep you monitored on that. We'll try to give you a crossover episode as well, breaking down the Iowa versus Gonzaga game. But again, Iowa should go 2-0 this weekend in men's basketball against Iowa State and Northern Illinois. Then they're going to turn their attention to Gonzaga, and we'll make sure to cover that on our next episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I appreciate you all tuning in to this Friday morning episode. As always, folks, if you love the show, give us that five-star review and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram so you can get the latest updates about what is happening on this show. And a reminder that we do have our Monday morning recap with Matt dropping after the Iowa versus Wisconsin football game taking place tomorrow. Hopefully an Iowa win. Also make sure to check out the women's basketball team taking on Michigan State tomorrow morning or tomorrow at noon, I should say. Lots of Iowa sports happening. Great time to be an Iowa Hawkeye fan. Iowa Hawkeye Nation, I hope you have a fantastic Friday and even better weekend. And let's go Hawks.